Thank you everybody for tuning in and for making this podcast so successful and encouraging me to come back and do more episodes because this is a topic that I'm super passionate about. Strategy and finance, you take those two together and at the intersection of those two functions, you can generate tremendous value for organizations and for yourself individually, right? This is one way to boost your career is to understand the language of money and understand the story behind the numbers. So when I looked at the analytics of this podcast, what I realized is that the most popular episode was understanding the income statement. So obviously there's some interest there in the income statement. So I thought, hey, what better topic should I cover coming back than the income statement? So today, unlocking value on the income statement is gonna dive deeper into how you can leverage the income statement and drive greater value either in your uh, professional career or within your organization, and hopefully both. But before I go any further, if you haven't already, I would really appreciate it if you could go on and review the podcast because if you review the podcast, okay, and you you know leave a review, then all that does is it helps with the algorithm, and then it gets the podcast out there to more listeners who are interested in boosting their financial IQ. All right, so that's my favorite to ask you. All right, so anyways, I'm back. I'm excited. Let's talk about the income statement. Let's dive a little bit deeper into what it is. So in my original episode, it's episode number two, Understanding the Income Statement, I sang a song. So as a refresher, or if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I will embarrass myself by singing the song again. And it's the income statement song. I made this up. I'm a horrible singer, so I can sing it, but don't make fun of me. Just you know, catch the essence of the song. The income statement is a flow through, always starts with revenue, cost of goods sold, and SG&A, and you end up with profit at the end of the day. All right, so that's the song. The income statement is a flow through, okay? It flows through to the balance sheet when you close it out to retain earnings to equity. It's a flow through financial statement. It always starts with revenue, okay? Sales, revenue. Cost of goods sold or cost of revenue, those are your costs associated with producing that revenue. SG&A stands for selling general and administrative expenses, also known as OPEX or operating expenses. And then you end up with profit, okay? Some variation of profit. And we'll talk a little bit more about that. So that is the essence of it. If you can remember the song, the income statements of flow through always starts with revenue, cost of goods sold, SG&A, and you end up with profit at the end of the day. If you can understand that, then you know what the components are on the financial statement, the income statement specifically. All right, so let's break down the sections of the income statement a little bit better, okay? And then I'm gonna talk about how to drive value and how to unlock value based on what you're reading on the income statement. Because remember, it's all about understanding the story behind the numbers and then doing something about it, okay? So the income statement, what it is, it's a scorecard. It's a scorecard to help you understand how well your organization is performing and how well it is competing in the marketplace. So the first section on the income statement is revenue. Okay, revenue or sales. This represents how much of your products and services you are selling to your customers. 
So every time you earn revenue, every time you deliver a product, every time you execute and you um, deliver a service, right? So you're selling products, you're delivering a service. Um, every time you're doing this and you're invoicing a customer, right? And it's a legitimate sale, it's recorded as revenue, okay? So that's also referred to as the top line. So you hear people say the top line, they're also referring to revenue, okay, or sales. So that's the first section of the income statement. The next section is cost of goods sold, also known as cost of revenue, okay? These are the costs associated with producing sales or producing revenue within your organization, all right? So such costs may include direct labor, okay, the labor that's actually involved in producing a product or a service, you have materials, okay, same kind of thing, the materials that go into producing products and services. You have um, equipment. When I say equipment, I'm talking about the maintenance, okay, the operating and maintenance expenses of the equipment, not the equipment itself, because equipment is recorded on the balance sheet and then it's depreciated on the income statement. But when you capitalize an asset, okay, when you buy an asset that has a useful life greater than one year, and it's over a certain threshold, then it is capitalized, it's recorded on the balance sheet as an asset, and it's not expensed on the income statement unless you're talking about depreciation, okay? We're not gonna get into that right now, but that's just you know the equipment maintenance, like the fuel of the equipment, equipment repairs, those types of things typically hit cost of goods sold um, or cost revenue, okay, same thing. Those words are synonymous, just so you know. And I'll use words, and these words are synonymous. I'll say cost of revenue, cost of goods sold. I'll say sales. I'll say revenue. I'll say OPEX. I'll say SG&A. And I do that not to confuse you, but to get you used to hearing this vocabulary because oftentimes these words are used interchangeably, and it's important for you to understand and distinguish what they mean. All right? So... Other things, so you have, like I said, you have direct labor, you have material, you have equipment operating and maintenance expenses, not the equipment itself, and you may have other things like subcontractors or other miscellaneous direct expenses related to producing products or services, okay? So that's your cost of goods sold. Now, if you take revenue minus cost of goods sold, then you end up with gross margin or gross profit, same thing. Okay, what the gross profit line item will tell you is how effective the company is at producing products or delivering services to customers. All right? That's a that's something really important to understand because, you know, as a company you are pricing a product, okay? You're trying to price it in a way where the perceived value exceeds the price, right? Because if the perceived value is lower than the price, customers don't buy. If the perceived value is higher than the price, customers buy because they see the upside, they see the value in the product or service. So the balance is, is pricing your products and services, getting enough volume, right? So you can sell enough of these products and services, and then managing your costs, managing your direct labor, managing your materials, your subcontractors, your equipment, so on and so forth, managing all that so you could produce a gross profit. So when you're looking at the income statement, the first thing I would do is I would look at your gross profit line item and understand whether or not the company is effective at producing products and services, right? Pricing them right, selling them, and then executing on it in order to make money. 
If not, there are ways to fix it, which I'll get into here in just a little bit. All right, so that is the gross profit line item. So revenue minus cost of goods sold equals your, your gross profit. Oftentimes people confuse gross profit when they're talking and they'll, you know, I hear people brag sometimes they're like, oh yeah, our company, you know, we make about 30 or 40% profit. And I'm like, gross profit or operating profit? Because there's a giant difference. The difference is, is gross profit is before you take out overhead expenses. Operating profit is after taking out operating or SG&A expenses. Okay, big difference. Uh, so don't let people brag and trick you that they're making 30% margins unless you are some type of tech company like a Google and you dominate a marketplace and you're able to earn exceptionally high margins. All right, so there you have it. Now let's jump down below gross profit and we have SG&A, which stands for selling general and administrative expenses, SG&A. Okay, also known as operating expenses or if you wanna be cool, you can say OPEX, okay, operating expenses for short. So what you have here are these are things, these are your fixed costs such as rent or administrative salaries or you know types of insurances and so on and so forth. These are the expenses that are associated with operating the business, the business as a whole. If you take these operating expenses and you take gross profit and you minus these operating expenses, you end up with operating profit. All right, that's where we're gonna stop here today. Below operating profit, you have other income and expenses, and then you have net income or some variation thereof. But that's what we wanna get down to is operating profit. All right, so now let's talk about how you can unlock value on the income statement. Okay, so there's four ways to unlock value on the income statement. So listen up, this is really important. Because when you're looking at the income statement, remember, you have to understand the story and then you have to understand your specific value drivers and how you can unlock value on this financial statement. So you wanna remember these four ways, okay? First, you can increase volume, meaning you sell more of your products and services. Everything else stays the same, you increase volume. The next thing, you could decrease your fixed costs or your OPEX. So you go in and you could cut your overhead and reduce your fixed costs, your SG&A. The other option is you could decrease your variable costs or your cost of goods sold, your cost of revenue. And then the last piece is you can increase your price. So those are the four value drivers, okay? Increase volume, decrease your fixed costs, your SG&A or your operating expenses. You could decrease your variable costs or you could increase your price. Now, this is where some people go astray especially some consultants, okay? I could talk about this because number one, I'm a consultant and you know, I've been a consultant in my career and I could also talk about you know, accountants and CPAs because you know, I am a CPA. So when you have these things, you can talk about these things and kind of uh, knock them a little bit if you want or point out some of the weaknesses because you're basically picking on yourself. So that's what I'm doing, I'm picking on myself. But this is what some consultants do. They go into organizations and they immediately try to do what? Cut cost, right? They, they try to cut overhead costs. Now, sometimes this is critical, right? But it can't be done in isolation because if you go into an organization and you start cutting operating expenses, but you don't understand, number one, the strategy of the business, where the business 
is competing and how it's competing and how it's planning on winning, then you could be cutting operating expenses that are critical to executing successfully on that strategy. So you have to understand the strategy. You have to understand the activities of the business, those that drive value and those that do not. So when you understand that and you have a roadmap moving forward, sure, you could cut operating expenses. But here's the deal. Did you know that cutting operating expenses is typically the least effective mechanism for unlocking value with an organization? Let's take a quick break. All right, I have to interrupt the show, but I'll be super quick. I have a question for you. Who are you working for? Chances are you're working for everyone else besides yourself. Think about it. You're working for shareholders by grinding away in someone else's company. You're working for a bank by paying interest. You're working for the government by paying taxes. You're working for social media companies by giving your attention to their paid advertisers. You're working for your friends by doing crap that you don't want to do. You're working for everyone else by not pursuing the most essential things you are destined to achieve. Look, I've been there. I'm still there at times. Ugh, it could be so frustrating. If you want to achieve financial freedom, the fastest way to do it is through business. Don't get tricked by get-rich-quick schemes. Don't be fooled that your 401k is going to build you wealth. Don't waste time by trying to piece business finance together. Check this out. Here's my invitation. Go to byfiq.com, which stands for Boosting Your Financial IQ, Com and check out our programs. We have one for every possible path you're on. Whether your goal is to become fluent in business finance, launch a profitable business, or scale a business successfully, we have a solution to help you. I promise you, your life will change when you take action. So check out these opportunities that I've prepared for you. Now back to the show. All right, so let me repeat that again. Cutting operating expenses is one of the least effective ways to unlocking value with an organization. It's very short term in thinking because you go in and you cut operating expenses and guess what that means typically? The biggest operating expense typically includes salaries, okay? Administrative salaries. And if you cut these salaries, you're cutting people, which means when the business is trying to recover and it's trying to grow, then there's not the staff or there's not the talent necessary to execute on that and a company can run into some real trouble, all right? So you have to be very strategic. Doesn't mean that companies don't have to manage their operating expenses and cut costs during certain periods of the economic cycle. However, it just means that it needs to be done strategically. So let me talk about the four value drivers in which one is the most effective all the way down to the least effective. Actually, I'm gonna do it the other way around. Let's build some momentum, right? So let's start with the least effective and build up to the most effective. Okay, so the least effective value driver, okay, is decreasing fixed cost. So what I did here is I, I calculated each of these and I'm gonna give you numbers based on the construction infrastructure industry. Okay, that's an industry I've done a lot of research in, uh, an industry that I, I've worked in for almost 25 years. So I have a lot of data on that. now. These numbers are going to translate mostly across industries, all right? So your industry may be a little bit different, but I think the value drivers are pretty much in order in most industries. Okay, there's some exceptions, but just follow me here. So what I did is I calculated, I said, look, if we decrease any of these value drivers or increase any of these value drivers by 1%, what impact will they have on profitability? 
And I'm going to tell you these percentages based on the construction, infrastructure, just the built um, industry overall. Okay, so if you decrease fixed costs by 1%, okay, you cut your overhead expenses by 1%, on average, that will increase profitability by 4.9%. Okay, so you decrease operating expenses by 1%, it has a subsequent impact on profitability of 4.9% an increase. Okay, so not bad, right? You can increase profitability by 4.9% or 5% roughly. Okay, the second value driver is you can increase volume by 1%. So if you sell more, you just keep everything else the same, your cost structure the same, everything else the same, you just increase your volume by 1%, it will have an impact of 5.9% on profitability, 6% roughly, okay? So the least effective is decreasing your operating expenses. The second is increasing volume by 1%. Okay, the third, okay, most effective and listen to this jump here. If you decrease variable costs or your, your cost of goods sold by 1%, okay, that means you're more effective with your um, material procurement or more importantly, your direct labor, you can maximize throughput and you can maximize value, right? Like maximize the efficiency and the effectiveness of your direct labor. If you do that, right, and you can manage your, your variable costs and decrease them by 1%, keep everything else the same, it has a 16%, a 1-6, 16% impact on profitability. So compared to um, increasing volume, going out there and hiring more business development, doing more sales, doing more marketing, doing more advertising, bringing in more revenue, okay? You can increase volume, right, by 1% and get a 6% increase on profitability, or you could decrease your variable costs, become more effective in your execution and delivery of products and services, and that has a 16% increase. So almost a 10%, or in fact, a 10% um, increase in profitability. The highest, most valuable impact on the bottom line is increasing price by 1%. That will have an impact on profitability of 22%. Okay, on average. Remember this for the construction industry. You got to translate it to your own specific industry. But there you have it. Increasing price by 1% has a 22% impact on the bottom line. Decreasing variable costs or your cost of goods sold, 16% increase on the bottom line. Increasing volume by 1%, a 6% impact. And decreasing fixed cost at 5%, 4.9%. So there you go. There they are in order. So then you may be asking me, well, Steve, that's great. So how do you do that? So I, let me go through each of these really quickly of how you could do that. And um, then we'll wrap it up. So the first thing is you may be looking at your financial statements and you may be wondering, okay, we are struggling in certain areas of the business. You may look at your gross profit and say, our gross profit's down. Or you may look at your operating profit and say, our operating profit's down. Our overhead might be too high. Our pricing may be off. Whatever it is, how do you go ahead and fix these things? Remember, the most important value driver is increasing price. Not all companies can increase price, but if you can, here are a few ways to get a price premium. First, you could build a better brand. You could build a brand that's trusted by people, so therefore you drive greater perceived value with your products and services. And remember, when perceived value exceeds price, customers buy, okay? So having a strong brand. Next is customer experience. If you could deliver an exceptional customer experience, customers will buy, they'll be willing to pay a price premium because it's such an exceptional experience and they can't get that elsewhere, so they'll be coming to you. 
Third is quality or perceived quality. You get a price premium for that. Having innovative products on the market. So products that maybe are patented or products that are just unique in their design. Customers are willing to pay for that, especially if they can solve a pain point or friction in an innovative way. The next way is through customer capture. If you can lock in customers, okay, you have a great product or service or a subscription, then you're going to be able to get price premiums and raise prices without losing too many customers. And then the last piece is by market focus and position. Perhaps you can position your company in a way which will allow you to gain a price premium. All right, I'm going to lump fixed cost and variable cost together when I talk about how to increase profitability by decreasing these things. So how can you manage cost and capital efficiency better? And here are a few ways. First, through an innovative business model. The pandemic opened the eyes of so many businesses where there are many efficiencies. Um, so I, I think looking at your business model and understanding how can you be more innovative? Can you digitize? Can you automate? Can you um, cut activities that don't add value? Is there a different way of delivering your product and service um, compared to the, the way you used to do it? So innovative business model is a great way to drive cost and capital efficiencies. Economies of scale, you know, so that if you, if you could achieve economies of scale, there could be some cost savings. Um, agility, by moving fast and adjusting to the market, um, definitely you can improve cost and capital efficiencies or scalability. If your business is scalable and every time you add a customer, you don't have incremental costs, uh, the great way to, um, to scale your business and to, to keep those costs down. Or you may have access to unique resources which allow you um, to do things for less. So those are some ways to decrease your fixed costs or your variable costs while you know still delivering a great end product to your customers. And then the last thing is increasing volume. How do you do that? First, you can enter new markets through new products. Okay, so you can offer new products to new customers. You can convince existing customers to buy more of a product. Like you can convince them to wash their hands more so they buy more hand soap, right? So you have existing customers and somehow you have a campaign to tell them to use more of your product or your service. You could attract new customers to the market. You can capture market share in an existing market. Okay. You can do M&A activities. You could acquire other businesses, mergers, do mergers, and so on and so forth. And then finally, um, you could do product promotion and pricing. Okay. Those are some ways to increase volume. So there you have it. Those are the four ways to unlock value on the income statement. First, the most effective way is increase your price. Second, decrease variable cost. Third, increase your volume. And last, decrease your operating expenses or your fixed costs. I hope you found this helpful. And now when you look at the income statement, it's so much more powerful to understand the story behind the numbers. And now I gave you four ways to unlock value. And hopefully you can look at your financial statements, pinpoint where the opportunities exist, and then take action to drive greater value within your organization. And as you do that over and over again, you're going to become more and more valuable as a leader and opportunities will open up to you that you never thought were possible before. So keep increasing and boosting your financial IQ. The payoff is huge. Um, tell your friends about this podcast because uh, you know I would love your support. If you haven't left a review, please leave a review. And more importantly, if you want more about this, you could go to the website www.byfiq, which stands for boostingyourfinancialiq.com. That is www.byfiq.com. 
com, which stands for boostingyourfinancialiq.com. So check out the website. There's great resources. And if you want to dive deeper, there's a course that you can sign up for. It's online and it'll take you deeper into all these concepts. Thanks again for joining me on this podcast. And until next time, keep boosting your financial IQ and take care of yourself. Hey, real quick. Thanks for tuning in. If you get value out of this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave a review on whatever platform you enjoy the show from, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, etc. And after you leave a review, email me the details at steve at byfiq.com to become eligible for winning merchandise, gift cards, and cool prizes. Also, I'm always looking to engage with the audience. So if you have any episode ideas, feedback, or just want to connect, shoot me an email at steve at byfiq.com, which stands for boosting your financial IQ. So please reach out or visit byfiq.com to learn more about how I can help you accomplish your financial goals. Thanks again. Hey, real quick, if you get value out of this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave us a review. Also, if you want to be featured on the show, send me a recording with your name, your age, where you're from, and your question through a voice note or a video using your smartphone. Then email me the file at hello at byfiq.com. BYFIQ stands for boosting your financial IQ. So once again, it's hello at BYFIQ.com. If selected, I'll give you a shout out and answer your question for you and the entire community. One last thing. If you want access to additional resources that will help you fast track your path to financial freedom, visit BYFIQ.com or download our free app in the Apple or Google Play app store today. Thanks again. Hey, real quick, if you get value out of this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave us a review. Also, if you want to be featured on the show, send me a recording with your name, your age, where you're from, and your question through a voice note or a video using your smartphone. Then email me the file at hello at byfiq.com. BYFIQ stands for boosting your financial IQ. So once again, it's hello at byfiq.com. If selected, I'll give you a shout out and answer your question for you and the entire community. One last thing. If you want access to additional resources that will help you fast track your path to financial freedom, visit byfiq.com or download our free app in the Apple or Google Play app store today. Thanks again.